Welcome. To Arcade Audio. Welcome to this week's episode of Married with Movies. I'm one of your hosts, Samantha Mullet. See next to me on the couch is your other host, my beautiful husband, Chris Mullet. No, this is not a rerun. Samantha isn't feeling well again. And there's a storm approaching. Welcome to the fall of 2022. I'd rather not. I'm welcoming then. You're already in it. You have no choice. Like you're you're in the fall of 22. This is what we're doing. This is where we are. This is what it is. Great. Buckle up, buttercup. Awesome. It is November 8th. If you're new here, uh, we're married. We have a lot of movies. We talk about both those things. And, and we live in Florida where there's hurricanes in... November. November. The season ends like November 30th, right? Yeah, the 30th. Supposed to be. Yeah, yeah. How fucking... I, I could not tell you. I don't think I've honestly ever remembered a November hurricane in my entire life. It's not a hurricane yet. It's just a tropical storm. It may end up being a level one hurricane by the time it, it makes landfall at some point on Thursday, I think, right? Yeah. Or what's this one? Nicole? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to make a joke. I don't have any like Nicoles in my past, both negative or positive. Great. Moving on. <laughs> on the flip side of that, um, if you remember a couple weeks ago, um, we were both kind of a little under the weather trying to get through um, the Adam Family episode we did. And... Uh, just something in the air. I don't know what the fuck it is, but you haven't felt great for about 24 hours now. You seem to be alright. I'm okay. I feel a lot better than I did this morning, but... And last night. You went to bed last night like at 9.30? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But still not great. I woke up at like... I only got like four hours of sleep before I woke up. I was looking for medicine and I couldn't find it. Oh, so I do remember that I now. tried to go back to sleep. You I did tried wake to, me up. I tried to wake you up. I knew you were not moving. Did you want to wake me up for... Oh, because you were looking for... I was looking for some DayQuil yeah. to take, and I couldn't find it, and I couldn't get you to wake up, so I just laid in bed for an hour, and then I finally fell back asleep. It worked out okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, because of all that, uh, this past weekend uh, was spent busy as always... Running errands, uh, fuck buying a car, if you're in the process or of buying leasing, a car right now, or if, if, you, if you're trying to change your vehicle situation, don't. Just stay in whatever you're doing, because it's fucking agony right now. Uh, we also uh, venture out to Wesley Chapel, Florida, for our friend uh, Steve Real's Strongman competition. Had some good eats. Um, so really, it was a good day of food. We had freaking Bacon Boss Place and Pinchers. And did, uh, did some shopping in a cool little mall. Um, yeah, it was a nice day. Yeah, nice, nice, nice day. day. Um, we the next time come we... Come here to this shit. <laughs> Fucking hurricane nobody well, knew was coming. You know, it's fine. Like, 
it worked out great for me. I had a very busy next couple of days of work that I, it just all got canceled, which means it's just I have to do it in like a couple weeks when I don't want to. When it's Thanksgiving. Do it. Yeah. Um, and it's a three day weekend for me anyway. So the next time we record, we will have two. I will have two movies to discuss because I'm a good father. Um, <laughs> and I'm a sucker for points in our fantasy movie league. I have to work. It's not my fault. No, no, no. no, no. I, I didn't mean it like, I'm a good father and you suck ass. Um, I am the father that did make my daughter cry playing Uno uh, last week. Um, no, that was like two days ago, babe. We've just been playing a lot of Uno. We taught our daughter Uno. If you don't know, Uno is a very important part of uh, our lives and our friends' lives. Um, I've been playing Uno with my mom and my, and my family ever since I can remember, over 30 years. So we thought that Jillian was old enough to play, and we were correct. And she's a natural at it. We've played three games. She's won two of them. Mm-hmm. And she also... And I, how, and I won one. So if she won two and I won one, how many games did you win? She also uh, Wait, so doesn't understand one. how we play Uno, which is very cutthroat, and I am very animated. So when I particularly what? had a bad You're animated? hand and I went and off. And a sore loser? I forgot that my soon-to-be six-year-old daughter was next to me and proceeded to yell and cuss to the point where she broke down hysterically crying and said, why would anybody say that to anybody? It was, Mind you, I wasn't saying that to her. I wasn't even really saying it to Samantha. I was just saying it out loud in but my it was, anger. it was the kindest thing. And then she proceeded to apologize for her reaction. I said, no, 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 no. I'm a total piece of shit. Please don't apologize for she's what I just amazing. put you through. amazing. Um, but she's just, oh my gosh, my baby. Yeah, so I've been dealing with that. Uh, <laughs> for the past. That's why I haven't won anything. I'm still like. You're still shaking I'm up? Still sh- yeah, I'm still shaking up from what I did to her. Um, yeah, that's about it. Uh, I've been, again, rewatching movies. This is the first time we're recording since Halloween. No, that's wrong. When the fuck was Halloween? What's today? What's happening? What's going on? It was a week ago. Okay. We've recorded, yeah, we recorded since then. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been rewatching some, some things. I again, I don't think I've watched anything new. Um, I watched Doctor Sleep today, which, fuck, that movie's great. Um, yeah, that's, that, that's what I got. I do want to on Thursday, Thursday night, barring us still having power, which we should, we should have power. Um, I do want to watch Atlanta series finale as live as possible. So okay, yeah, there's that. Anything else? I don't think so. All right, well, let's get to it. Today was uh, your nominated movie, um, Rocket Man, mm-hmm. which we've neither one of us had seen before. No, so it was our first time watching it, a mm-hmm. musical biopic. And uh, it is your turn to read the box, correct? It is. Go ahead. Okay. Magnificent. Gloriously off the charts. Says Stephanie Zacharek. Time. I think it's Zacharek. I don't know how else to say it. Yeah, I'm like, I feel like it's Zacharek. I've never... Who the fuck is that? Mm -hmm. Okay. One of the best films of the year. IGN. His music inspires you. His life will surprise you. Rocket Man? I was just seeing there's a star and I wasn't sure. Don't worry about it. Oh, okay. 
I didn't know if I had to no, credit it. Okay. Um, Rocket Man is a one-of-a-kind musical celebration set to Elton John's most beloved songs. Discover how a shy, small-town boy becomes one of the most iconic figures in rock and roll. Featuring an all-star cast, this truly spectacular and utterly electrifying ride is filled with show-stopping musical performances and is unlike anything you've ever seen. Should have said quote, but that's okay. I never say the quotes, and you never call me out on it. Look, you're you're at the breaking point here. Ah, Jake Hamilton, WFLD TV Fox. That's who it's attributed to. That's what I was looking for. Zero. I'm so glad they did not mention Taryn Edgerton's name. You still got it right. I know, but I felt feel like I would have fucked it up had hmm. I not. So we missed this in theaters when it came out. Because part of the reason this came out after Bohemian Rhapsody, right? Yes, Bohemian yeah. Rhapsody came out in the fall yeah. of 2018. Yeah. So it part came of the out reason, in the summer of 2019. Part of the reason was because we did not miss Bohemian Rhapsody in theaters. And if you've listened to the Bohemian Rhapsody episode, you'd know that you, not... You're in the future because we didn't do a Bohemian Rhapsody Yes, yeah, we did. No, we didn't. I just talked about it after we watched it. Oh, you, oh, oh. So on this show, oh, in, case you, in case you're new here... I see. Um, because, you know, you've been the, the co-host of the show for almost 10 years. I um, forgot. We talk about the shows we, the movies we see in uh, Yeah, theaters. yeah, I thought, but you went on and on and on about it that I thought that it was its own episode. Well, it's, so That's it's come up, it it's come up a lot when we're talking about movies that are based on fact. Like we're talking right, about right. historical dramas. I okay, have a problem sure. with embellishment and I have a problem okay. with bending the facts. Okay, so, so, so we didn't have an episode, we didn't have clear. an episode about Bohemian Rhapsody, but we talked about it ad nauseum on multiple episodes that, we didn't go see this because you were still... That wasn't the reason so why. Why didn't we go see it? Because it's an R-rated fucking, mu- R-rated fucking musical in the middle of the summer, and we and we and there was other movies to go see, so it wasn't a priority to get a babysitter to go to the movies. I guess that's fair. Yeah. Whereas Bohemian Rhapsody came out around the holidays when we have family around constantly that can... Or we had a day off of work together because we both had like retail schedules at the time where we could do that sort of thing. And she was in daycare and we were able to do that. So okay. check your fucking narrative. All right. I'd wanted to see this movie because by critical standards and by everything I'd seen or read or heard about it, it was not the fucking blubbering mess that Bohemian Rhapsody was. Despite the fact that this got... A modicum of the awards considerations that Bohemian Rhapsody did. Whereas this movie that had very, very good editing didn't win best editing like Bohemian Rhapsody's editing award, which is an atrocity. This one, I believe, only won best original song. That's crazy. Um, yeah, but, this... but I mean, but it, as it should. I mean, Elton John is... Well, you're sure. Elton John is... But also, Iconic. I believe I also believe at the time it was not controversial, but it was kind of like contentious for me because I believe it beat something that I really wanted to win, and I'm gonna look it up right now. It won. Where's best original song? There we go. Oh, give me the year, you fuckheads. Uh, it defeated in 2019 uh, the Diane Warren song uh, "Into the Unknown." Frozen 2, uh, the Randy Newman song from Toy Story 4, and the song from Harriet. Okay, so no, this definitely deserved a win. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was, I, you know what I was getting confused with? I think I was getting confused with the previous year when you had 
you had Black Panther and you had A Star Is Born. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, everything I've preluded this to, I will go ahead and say that I thought this was pretty good. What did you think? Really? You didn't like it? I thought it was underwhelming for what I wanted it to be. You, your, oh, your tastes make no sense to me sometimes. So, if you had to make a preference between this and Bohemian Rhapsody. I, I, I would have to watch Bohemian Rhapsody again. Sure, you again. only saw it the one time. And it was not the one time a few years ago, so I, I'd have to see it again in order to make that assessment. What about this was underwhelming to you? I just don't know. I thought that... There are some things that are underwhelming to me, so let's see if they're the same. Like, the ending, 100%, was underwhelming to me. The ending didn't seem a little rushed. It seemed rushed. It seemed very underwhelming. It felt as though we were building this big story and it got more and more grandiose and, and, and big and colorful and his personality got bigger and bigger and then it tapered off. So the ending was underwhelming to me. And that's the last thing you see. Like that kind of that's like what sticks sure. with you. But isn't that kind of telling and kind of the story? Like so the ending of the movie, you know, everything kind of builds to this I'm a totally hypothetical, you know, uh AA, you know, therapy session where he's slowly but surely unraveling the layers of his elaborateness to just be himself again and face all the different, you know, demons from his past, if you will. And it basically just goes right into once he's able to, like, you know, come to grips with all those things. And in, in, in the current times, realize he needs help and reconnect with Bernie. It just goes right into the I'm Still Standing music video, which is wonderfully done with Darren Edgerson superimposed into the actual mm -hmm. video. Um, and then, yeah, then you just get, like, the, the credit recap of his life. But, like, from that point, like, from when he got sober, like, the... He kind of became like a toned down, you know. But he's not dead. No, he's not dead. But I think that's part of the but, problem. But he's like, gotten so. That's not part but, of the problem. But you no, know no. I mean? But like, like, right. But but I feel like the story. The story stopped. has a happy ending. Well, <laughs> yeah. but the story. But there's still a lot of things that he was able to accomplish and do and and bring forth that I sure. don't think this this story did justice to when it built to being able to do that. The whole, like, coming out to his mother thing and, like, her reaction and, mm -hmm. and his reaction to, to her, you know, callousness, if you will. You could have then showed how he used that platform in the future. I mean, he basically, you basically do see it. I mean, not, you not, don't see it, see it because it, it's a, it's a, it's a log line in a, in the credits. Right, but exactly. So, 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 so I agree with you to a certain extent. So my problem I had throughout the movie was that it's a double-edged sword to me because I felt like, again, the, the thing I have to go based off of is Bohemian Rhapsody, but other movies have done this as well, where there are these unrealistic aha moments of like, oh, what is that you're working on there, Freddie? It's like, uh, or whoever. It's like, oh, I wanted to, you know, come up with this big bass line. You know, I want to rock you. And then it's like, we will rock. You know what I mean? Like, it's very ham-fisted and, like, super unnatural. And, like, there's no way that it happened that way. You know, this movie doesn't have that. So I felt it was more natural and less yeah. placating to 
the dumb people in the audience would be like, oh, huh, it's the, the Leonardo DiCaprio once upon a time in Hollywood get, uh, meme. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, I get that reference. See, yeah, yeah. I'm pointing that. Yeah. But on the flip side of it, like, there is a 90-second montage that goes through all of his success and becoming, like, the biggest artist in the world. That's what I wanted to see. Like, yeah. Like, I, I totally agree yeah. with that because I wrote like, it down and I was like, okay, so now he's just famous beyond his wildest imagination and we're just getting this right. montage of, yep, he made Girl by Elbic Road and, yep, he made this song and, yep, he's doing these outfits. Like, there's right. you don't really get into, like, yes. the, like the psyche or the reasoning behind specific right. moments or reasons. Exactly. And, yeah. and, and, I, and I understand and I know that this is, is, like, supposed to show, like, how he became who he is yes. b- with his family life and his young um, growing up years and his partnership with Bernie and then and then John Reed and everything like that. Like I, I understand it. But when you're telling the story of Elton John for you to squeeze all of that in 90 seconds. Sure. And go even go into like all you got from like he's also like a fashion icon. Like that's mm-hmm. one of the things he's known for. Yeah. And you saw him start to look at his mom's fashion magazine and his dad yelled at him. And then you don't ever really get any more of his, like, want or desire Mm -hmm. or even, like, him going and seeing these different things. And, like, why does he wear all these different glasses? Like, I understand, like, he wears glasses, but, like, when did he decide to make that his thing? You know? No, I agree with you. So that's kind of what I wanted. So you had a different a different want and expectation. I think my expectation was for it to very much fall in line with that. Not that there's anything wrong with it. I kind of appreciated so this, you know, Elton John was heavily involved in this, insisted on this being an R rated movie because he didn't live a PG thirteen life. Sure, absolutely. And it was pretty tame up to like a certain point, and then I was like, okay, well this makes sense now. Um But I kind of appreciated it, you know, with his input in like like how he wanted his story told that his concern and his focus wasn't on those moments and telling that story. It was more so getting a sense of everything he struggled with, struggling with how unsupportive his, his parents were struggling with, you know, coping as, as a gay man that was trying to kind of, hide right. um, seeing because of the times and seeing people close to you finding love and finding success and then when he finally finds it it's somebody that's just using him and manipulating him for their personal game and then right. going into drugs like it the, focused on like the this is more like of it's a still lonely at the top yeah, it's, this was it's, more of a character study than a biopic yeah and i will I, always I go fair. for that i think that's because fair. this rang a lot more true to me Absolutely. Than anything else. Like, this I can see being largely, like, what happened. Sure, could they have gone further and show, like, you know, like, the oncoming of the the AIDS epidemic in his his work on it? Sure. Could they have shown him, like, working on fucking The Lion King? A lot of people were like, oh, it should have ended with him playing Candle in the Wind, you know, because that's, like, the biggest single of all time. And he wrote that, you know, 20 years after his peak, you know? Um, but I was fine with it being this self-contained movie. I also appreciated that it was a a jukebox musical, essentially, that I wasn't expecting, which I'm kind of a fan of those when they happen, um, when they're put in play the way that this one was. 
So both of my expectations, I think, were subverted, whereas your expectations weren't met, and that's why we're getting a, a difference yeah, in, in, not, in how we came out. But let me make it clear that I still thought that it was really well done. Mm-hmm. From the acting, obviously the music, like you said, the editing, the costumes, but I, I thought I it just did felt it. like I wanted it to be bigger. So my disappointment is I that thought, it wasn't bigger. I think it felt big enough because even even lacking some of the the narrative things that you were expecting, I felt that the the the, the size of it came from the style, like this, like the way that. Um, some of the like like how Rocket Man is done, you know, with him, you know, in the water, kind of drowning, getting pulled up, and still being forced out there to perform, and how Saturday Night's all right for fighting, like how that uh, transition from him being a young boy into it being Taron Edgerton, I liked like, that a lot. I, I felt like it felt big in scale with what they did with the scenes. There was still some stuff in that regard I didn't like. The therapy structure of it kind of faded away over time. But using it earlier on, I, that was a little hokey to me, to be honest. That said, the very, very first scene of the movie, when he comes in in his orange like devil outfit, you know, and is you know being him and talking with everybody, that scene alone was better than the entirety of Bohemian Rhapsody. It was just so much better that I was like, oh, I'm so happier with what I'm about to experience and watch. Um, the early life stuff, and particularly how heavy it went on how awful his family was, was probably my biggest biopic ham-fisted stuff. Like, I don't doubt that it went that way, but... It could have been a lot tighter. I could have seen that in, like, Two or three scenes instead of five or six scenes. Yeah, and it, it also was paired with I Want Love, which I'm not a, a fan of that song or familiar with, and I did need to see it from the multiple people's perspective. I, I care about Elton's perspective, and it didn't do anything to, to me to drive the story along. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Um, I think that was a poor... Yeah. poor... But that said, the whole time, i, I got to give it up for Dexter Fletcher, who I think my favorite part of Bohemian Rhapsody is how it's directed at times, not edited, but how it looks. And that's very much his style versus whatever the fuck shitty ass Brian Singer was doing initially on that movie. And in this, it, it has that same flow to it and it has the right energy. Um, and also it's got power to it. Like there is a lot of power behind a lot of, the acting and a lot of the choices. So for a lot of the, the homosexuality scenes, whether it's him, you know, coming to grips with it or telling somebody about it, or even when he, you know, kind of the first really big male on male sex scene in a big budget blockbuster mm-hmm. movie like it was, it's kind of just treated like, yeah, this is this is just what how it is and how it happens, you know? Yeah. Um that like when Bernie just blows it off like it's nothing when they're at the table when they're talking to like the Isley brothers and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're kind of giving him shit for it. And and he's like, is that okay? And Bernie's like, oh, girl. <laughs> like, like but, uh, it wasn't, they, they, they didn't raise a score. They didn't transition into another scene. They didn't have a callback to it. It just was handled right there and that was it. And it was like, 
wonderfully done. It was just nice to see It's that. the response that it should be. Of course. Like, do, would it matter? Like, well, does it matter if I am? And he's like, not to me. Like, that's always the response it should be. And the simplicity be. of it. Exactly. From and then the on, time. Well, not even talking about the time. I'm talking about the simplicity in how it was done in the story that carried that relationship on throughout the rest of the movie. Like, the, mm-hmm. like that was strong enough right there for yeah. me to get their deal no matter what happened through the rest of the film. Yeah. You know, that that was that moment. Um, and those two had great chemistry together to begin with. Every, every scene with the two of them working or enjoying each other's company or even, you know, struggling and fighting, they had a good natural rapport with one another that made the story elevate because you could see that that was also pretty realistic from what it yes, was. And the I credits agree. say, like, they never had, they've never had a single argument. It's like me and Tope. Who's who? I'm Elton John. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Tope's a good, good writer. Better writer. Wow. Ow. Wasn't going there the at all. I plead the fifth. Let's keep going. <laughs> 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 I couldn't see Tope in any of the outfits. How does that sound? I could totally see Tope in all the outfits. I could see Tope in the glittery Dodgers outfit. Oh, absolutely. Because I bought it for him. <laughs> That's about it. Um, all right, so was there anything else that was particularly underwhelming, or do you have some other uh, some other uh, recommendations or things that you particularly liked? Well, I just, I mean, I did think that the acting, I, I think that's a large part of this, Um I don't know if we're ready to get into no, that. No, 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 not yet. So, not yet. So, not yet. Um, I mean, it's hard to, to talk about this without discussing the music. I, I think... Music's, I mean, it's amazing. Did you have a particular favorite song or favorite I love all of the section? songs. That's so helpful for a conversation. I know. Um, I thought, it, I always find it interesting what songs they, they end up choosing. Mm-hmm. And obviously they're like, Pivotal songs for the person's career. Wow. Sorry. They're Excellent pro- radio. I stop, I don't feel good. <laughs> That's so mean. They're like saying. pivotal songs in the person's like life. Mm-hmm. I just find it, I just always find it interesting. Like, why they choose like the bitches back over like, you know, it's Candle in the Wind. Like, you know? Well, they were specifically picking songs from a certain time well, period. Yes, I, I understand. I was just, you know, yeah. saying like. It was also weird to see like a seven year old child singing The Bitch's Back. Yeah. Also, that, it was odd seeing it when it wasn't The Witch's Back because we've been hearing that constantly from Hocus Pocus, too. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, the music's great. I, I loved um, Rocket Man. Rock, the suicide attempt into Rocket Man, like I said, is, is pretty powerful stuff. It's pretty powerful. Um, I mean, you, your it's song, just palpable. Your but. song fucks. Your song is such a good fucking song. Your song was beautiful. Um, it was really beautiful. Crocodile Rock is largely the same. I think my favorite... So I, I, I was kind of like, alright, this is better than Bohemian Rhapsody, but still not my bag. Until... And this, this is gonna this is going to lead directly into... MVP, LVP, and like where we're going because it's blatant, obviously. But as soon as Taron Edgerton's on screen as Elton John in the middle of Saturday Night, I was like, okay, here we fucking go. Why do we not just start here? Granted, we had seen him in like the therapy scene, but seeing his fire 
and seeing he him as young Elton John with those mannerisms like, right away you're just like yeah this is, is this, this is fucking him uh he's the mvp of the movie by a country fucking mile amazing it's 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 one of the biggest blowaways i've ever seen the way that he just like it's just the vibe like everything yeah. the outfits the vibe that he gives off the way he blends with like the lights and the smoke and when the shows you know it's just perfect and it's the not... way he portrays the heartbreak yes that he carried yeah. with him and like you said like the lack of support the to scene... be treated like that from his own parents who are so aloof and unloving and you feel it every time he interacts with them you see it and you can yeah. feel how palpable that hurt is he crushes how crushed he is in that scene where he goes to see his dad after he's a success that's that scene oh where he goes and, and finds his father and there's and, two other and there's kids. two other boys and he's like he picks one up and like carries him back inside and like has elton sign a record but it's not for him it's for some friend at work like there's such subtlety in every little mannerism and facial expression in words that he says it's it's almost a fucking perfect scene he embodies the character but also i feel like he gives it its, it's own little like twist almost like his, his own, own little, little edge his edge own and little spin edge. to it yeah. to, to make it stand out as much as it does um, I honestly think he's better at doing I'm Still Standing than Elton John himself. Well, he's done it so many times. He did it for saying he did it. I mean, he's he's done it so many times. I just like I love his version of it. It's it's not much different, but there's just a certain he has a pep cer- to it. He has a certain attitude. I mean, it's the same reason I really love the version that he did before this. The one I listened to was the one that he did for Sing, yeah. for Johnny's character. Jillian loves that song, mm-hmm. and I love that version of it. So there's just something he brings to Elton John yeah, that makes it just really engaging. There are a couple moments where you're like, hey, "That's just Elton. That's Elton, Elton John." Like, mm-hmm. and it's not. I I hate to keep going back to. It. I don't want to keep like backing this bus up over Bohemian fucking Rhapsody, but. Rami Malek is very good in that movie. Rami Malek is doing a impersonation that wouldn't be off-putting if it were a family feud on SNL interpretation. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He is nowhere near as close to showing anything that Taron Edgerton is showing as Elton John in this movie. Elton, uh, he is genuine in both his humor he is genuine in his heart it is far and away a better performance and that of course is why he wasn't even fucking nominated <laughs> for and at the time again that was another one where i was like okay because I, I had such bad stockholm syndrome for bohemian rhapsody yeah. that i was like they're just gonna make one of these movies every fucking year and they're all gonna be garbage and, and i'm not saying this should have been nominated for best picture um, I, I do want to look at what did get nominated that year, so give me just a moment. Um, 
I went to the Golden Globes, which of course has won plenty of things. At. I mean, and it, and it's really interesting that this was critically very acclaimed compared to a lot of other films. Like, had this come out first, 80%. it would have been the, it would be the exact same thing. It really just depends on the trends and what's going yeah, on. Yeah, I feel like that's which is stupid. Part of it. It, it's like about an eighty. It's eighty nine percent of Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. About an eight. So this rating. is a pretty. I mean, this is a stacked year. This is. Parasite, Irishman, Joker, Marriage Story, Little Women, Once Upon a Time. Like this, you might look back at this year and be like, "Okay, this is like the last great year in film." Uh, so the the best actor race. I mean, there's two that he could have easily gotten over. The winner was Joaquin Phoenix for Joker. I'm not going to litigate that. Uh, Adam Driver for Marriage Story. I'm, that's fine. And then Leo for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That's fine too. The two that I think, and not having seen either one of these movies, Jonathan Price and the Two Popes. Oh, I did watch a movie I hadn't seen before the other day. I watched Glengarry Glen Ross. It was great. Jonathan Price was in it. So made me think of it. Um, and Antonio Banderas in Pain and Glory. Like, those are both Lifetime Achievement nominations, essentially, is yeah. what those are. Whereas, you cannot tell me that either one of them did what Taron Edgerton did in this movie. Um, so, he 100% should have been nominated here. I would even argue, I think, that Jamie Bell... Did a, a good enough job. A great job. Again, yeah. it's it's a pretty stacked supporting race. Pitt and Hollywood won. You got Pesci and Pacino for the Irishman, Hopkins and the Two Popes, and Tom Hanks in A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. So it's you know competitive year, but uh, yeah, Edgerton. We joke a lot on this show about like those fucking guys, right? Ansel Elgort, Elden, Elden Reich. Uh, Taron Edgerton's like legit. Like he's like the one that's like. He sings, he's talented. Well, Ansel Elgort sings, but he also look at him. Um, like he sings, he dances, he's got he's been in a he's he's done this and Kingsman and he did sing. So he's in like multiple successful projects. He hasn't really had like uh, a dud in the bunch. Um That's true. Uh yeah, he's he's the one that I'm like, okay, yeah, give give him give him more things. Why is he not doing more stuff? Um, because he's he's picky. He he, he does good he does good exactly. work. Exactly. Um, so he's oh, the, it's what? his birthday on the tenth. Oh, happy birthday! Happy birthday! This is for you. This is your pod. This is your pod. <laughs> it's terrible. Um, another thing I wanted to uh, not to backtrack from away from performances, getting back into story. Because um, I didn't really talk about what I necessarily disliked about the movie. It's the typical stuff you would expect me not to like about a, a musical biopic. It has to fall into some of the melodrama. So when it gets into the drug stuff and how quickly things escalate with the Richard character. Um, Richard. Richard. Uh, sorry, Richard Madden is the actor. Oh, uh, John Reed. John Reed. Um, like, like, literally, they go from having sex and I feel like in the next scene and a half he's getting smacked in the face and like like talking to you know like there's no bill there's no escalation there's yeah. no which is weird because this is a two hour movie and things I feel are going at a blistering pace to cover everything but like we discussed they're going over you know not a lot of specifics mm-hmm. so that was a little off to me you know his downward slide is a little the same old same old but it's not necessarily bad the final scene of him in the therapy shouldn't work at all and felt like a very contrived setup, but the performances of everybody, most everybody, get 
let me live with it fine. Sure. Um, so that was my only real complaints from a, a scene or a story perspective. Uh, LVP. Who do you have for LVP? I have two nominees, so I'll, but I'll let you start. Gotta find the name. Hang on. I don't know the actor's name. I, I bet it's one then. <laughs> huh? I bet it's one then. Is it Tate Donovan? I don't know who's that. Uh, the guy who played Doug Weston. The guy who the ran. Fuck the, is that? The guy who ran the troubadour. Oh no! I didn't mind him. It was too kooky for it me. It was, but that's probably how it was. This was the troubadour in L.A. in the in the eighties. That's why he's seventies, sixties, almost. That's Even why. Even better. That's why he's not my main yeah. nominee. No, no, but every no. time he was on screen, he's I was like, fine. I was like, bro, come on, you're not Rob Van Dam. Get nah, the fuck that's out what of he here. was trying to be. That's fine. Yeah. No, no, he was fine. I don't know who's. I think this is probably who it is. Uh, Stephen McIntosh. He played the dad? Stanley, the dad. Ooh. I didn't... I understand. It's character, not It's the character, but I felt like the performance did not do anything. Oh, I disagree. To... to I think it was very purposeful how... <sighs> that is that era dad... There's nothing to him, and his silence and his, uh, what what is the phrase I'm looking for? His Just stoicness. Like that stoicness, yeah. That stoicness is everything. That stoicness compared to Elton John dressed like a fucking peacock. You know what I mean? Yeah. I I, I would say the flip side of that is who I'm going with. My nominee is Bryce Dallas Howard. Really? I thought she was bad. I think she makes some really over-exaggerated facial expressions in almost every scene that she's in. She couldn't sing in the one song that she had. And then she overdoes everything to a theatric degree. And that's, like, if I'm thinking of Walk Hard, like a musical biopic parody, and I'm thinking of characters and how they're reacting in these dramatic situations to make fun of them, they are acting in a way that is somehow understated compared to what Bryce Dallas Howard is doing in two or three scenes. She just, she took me out of every single scene. That's why I thought part of the reason why I didn't like a lot of the family stuff early on, when they kept coming back to it, was just her portrayal of the mom. Was, it totally took me out of the movie. I mean, she was a right cunt, but... but I don't know if that was character. No, I... There's a difference between the two, so... I'm trying to think of a specific example on how I can, I can get you here. Um, there would just be times where like she would react to something, not even verbally, that Elton was doing. And her face was just like so animated mm. that it's beating you over the head with what is happening here. To the point it was like unrealistic. The, like I was talking about earlier, like everything felt very realistic to me on how that happened. You can tell me that the way that they portrayed Elton's father was probably pretty close to how he was, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. I would argue that the way that Bryce Dallas Howard was as Elton's mom had some volume turned up to it. Not necessarily from the story, but how she was going to. Also, why the fuck did she get the part? She's not fucking English. <laughs> And in, in, in an era of all these fucking English people coming, taking our jobs. <laughs> but I, I'm sure it was purposeful in that, like, he probably saw her and was like, oh, she looks just like my mom, right? 
that I'm, I, I tried to find it. I could have like remembered seeing that somewhere. But it was odd to me that Ron Howard's daughter is playing Elton John's mom in a movie when I'm sure there were plenty of other people that could have been much sure. better. All right, I'll give it to you. So that was more so what I was, was like, wins above replacement here. <laughs> she felt like an odd choice <sighs> for what we had going on. Um, okay. So I, I won you over? Yes. So Bryce Dallas Howard is the LVP of Rocket Man. Um, I believe that's both of their first awards. I know you tried your best to get... Um, you know what's funny? <laughs> this is very funny, actually. Uh, so this is Taron Edgerton's first MVP. Uh, already with an MVP is Ansel Elgort and Alden Eldenrake. Because <laughs> they all end with fucking E's. And they're all in the same line in my book. So we're shitting all over the two of them. And they've done something that Taron Edgerton hasn't in each of their one opportunities. Although both of those are technically probably wrong. So. Well, I don't think, no, I think we've seen more than one Ansel Elgort movie. We watched West Side Story, but not for the podcast. We, oh. we did Baby Driver. You could argue he probably shouldn't have won it for that. And Elden Elmreich, literally, Donald Glover won, should have been MVP on the Mullet Awards. So, we just were wrong when we watched it. That was you. I wanted Donald Glover to be the MVP. Uh, I don't remember that at all. Uh, yeah, that's the first thing for Bryce Dallas Howard. I don't think I've managed to get Clint Howard's weird ass yet. Nope, got Tara Howard, though not a relation. Um... Who else do you want to see a musical biopic for? Or what other ones have we not tackled? I mean, this was a pretty popular thing. I felt like... Well, I really want to see the... I really want to see the Weird Al one. So do I. We need to figure out the Roku channel situation. Yeah, so so that'll be interesting. Because then my other one in my head was Madonna, but she's in that. So... I'm just going to say right now, whenever that that movie happens, that will suck. I'm just just calling that. Um, I don't think so. I think it will. I don't think so. Uh, but but I think I think Madonna would be cool. I want to see that weird out Yankovic one. Well, that one's that um, one's like the walk hard, like I was talking about before. Like sure. that one's not serious at um, all. Well, there's others that we haven't tackled yet. So they did have a bit of um, a hip hop run. There's the Tupac one and the Biggie one. We own the Biggie one. Uh, there is, and also the NWA one for Shara Compton. Mm-hmm. Um, there's of course Selena, Walk the Line, Get On Up, um, the James Brown one with, uh, Jack Bozeman, um, Ray, which I've never seen. Oh yeah, that, that, that. It's just good. not, uh, I'll just go listen to their fucking albums. Yeah, but, I mean, that's something that, to, like, see the life that they've lived, but I think I would like more of a focus on some of that rock and roll. Well, um, so there's also uh, Great Balls of Fire. There's the Buddy Holly story. There's La Bamba. That's of course a little bit older. Um, I'm, but there's not really anything like modern that kind of stands the test of time or makes sense. I'm, I'm trying to think. I'm sure there's been a. Well, ner- they've done I'm like. Sh- I'm sure there's been a Cobain one. Yeah, that, that one would just be too fucking depressing. Well, they've done like like um like Beatles esque ones like a. Cross, I guess they're not really biopics. They're more like. Well, no, they've done the, they did musical. that yesterday movie, and yeah, they also they did, did across the universe like a jukebox musical. Yeah, they've done plenty of fucking Mark David Chapman movies. Um, I want to see. Uh, 
I still want to see Elvis as well. Oh, yeah. Which is on HBO Max. We have to watch at some point. Literally just so I can see the actual he's white scene. Because I've seen it on Twitter for the past mm-hmm. six months in hilarious fashions. Um, but that's, like, so everything we've been saying, like, there's none that, like, they're all kind of pulpy. You know what I mean? Like, there's not anything... I think this is kind of the best case scenario for them is something that leans into the person and not necessarily the style of the movie. Does that make sense? No. So a lot of them, I think, tend to follow the director or the art and they don't follow the person. Like this... Feels like an Elton John experience. Sure. Which is why I liked it. But everything else kind of just follows like a cookie cutter. It's like following a fucking map. Did somebody die? Okay, go this direction. Okay, when do they get successful? Here, go this way. When do they start failing? Okay, go this way. You know, like it's all in like wherever you go on the fucking trail, you're just going in different directions, all the same fucking story. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of anybody else who'd be a good one to have coming down the pike over the past like... 20, 25 years. And there's also done ones like 8 Mile doesn't count, but you know, 8 Mile is yeah. basically like the Eminem story, you know. Yeah. Just fictionalized. Uh, hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Can't really think of any off the top of my head. They already did a Michael Jackson one with Captain EO. <laughs> that's, that's fact. That's what he thinks his life was. That is. There's some that are, I'd say there's some that are too big, but they literally just did Elvis. But like, how could you do a Michael Jackson? Like, that's gonna get caught up in so much fucking controversy and and red tape and how do you tackle it from allegations to proof to right, you know exactly that'd be the kind of thing where well the other thing that's ruined this not ruin this but any of these will just be a TV show like you won't need a two hour movie because our complaints about short sheeting or are just running through certain eras of Elton John's life. You just do a ten episode show about it and then you have everything tackled and covered. So they did mm-hmm. that's what they did with that fucking OJ and Dahmer and Mike Tyson and all this other stuff is we can make sure we don't miss anything. They're all not that great and there's a few exceptions, but why make a movie of it when I can just do it for seven, eight hours. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, I believe Elton John just recently retired. Finally, I do. I did see. I think he his had farewell, a farewell tour. His farewell concert I saw when I was logging mm-hmm. into um our our TV in our loft now for uh, Disney Plus. I believe the farewell concert is going to be on Disney Plus at some point in the next couple of weeks. Okay, so great. That'll be interesting to uh, to watch and see. Um, yeah. Anything else on Rocket Man? I, I mean, I think we. Pretty much handled. I still can't get over the fact that you were underwhelmed by this. Yeah. All right. Cool. Great. Big gulps. I'll catch you later. Uh, so just to recap, Taron Edgerton, the MVP of the movie. Bryce Dallas Howard, the LVP of the movie. Uh, and I think we hit all of my notes. So let's score the son of a bitch and get out of here. Uh, you nominated, so I score it first. I enjoyed it. I thought... A, a two-hour time, a two-hour romp with Elton John songs highlighting his his struggles and his successes 
with some pretty unique visuals and a, a dynamite performance. It was a good time. It, it, musical biopic is still not my favorite genre, but if it's something like this, I can live with it. I'm going to give it a seven and a half. I'm also giving it a seven and a half. <laughs> you make no sense. Why? At all. Why? Ever. I was underwhelmed by it. I was. I thought that, look, the critical acclaim that it got and the the way everyone who saw it went on about it, I thought this movie was going to blow me out of the water. And there were parts of it that were really good, but it didn't blow me out of the water. So it was underwhelming. Seven and a half could still be an underwhelming score for something that you thought was going to be at ten. Okay. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. Okay. You explain yourself correctly, so thank you. Well, you're welcome, yes. Just wait until we watch the Harland Williams Disney movie, Rocket Man. I'm not watching that. Oh, we have it upstairs. We'll no. watch it eventually. Mm-mm. If you notice when I did our digital movie list, I had to like make sure I like differentiated with the space between the two of them, because that's how that one is uh, that one is called. Oh, did I delete that? No, I think I recognize that too. I think I was like, oh yes, okay, great. So it is my turn to nominate, so going through the schedule. Uh, next week, finally, is Blood Money. Hi, hi, hi. And then for Jillian's birthday, she selected The Grinch, which we, I think we mentioned last week. Then we have The Brave Little Toaster Goes to Mars. Then we have Seven. Then it is our Christmas season. So I get to nominate our Christmas movie. Then we're going to pick a Christmas special, and then it is your birthday. So I'm giving you, like, seven weeks' notice be thinking of a movie you want to watch. But for my birthday, I could do whatever I want, right? You pick any one movie that you want to do. Even if it's been nominated Even before. Even if it's been nominated before, yes. It'll be our final movie of the year. It'll be airing on December 30th. But it can't be a series. It cannot be part of a series, no. One individual movie. You've picked Fiddler on the Roof in the past. you picked The Replacements. You picked um, some other dumbass thing last year. It's a remember. good slate. It's good. Cool. So, uh... <laughs> I know for the Christmas movie that we are selecting, we're probably going to pick one of the plethora of shitty Hallmark or direct-to-DVD Christmas movies. So I want to actually do a good Christmas movie, and I'm picking, I want to do a good Christmas comedy. Uh, one of which I probably have not seen in 30 years, the other which I've never seen, because it came out in the past few years that we didn't get a chance to see it in theater. So I'm nominating Scrooged and The Night Before. So Scrooge. Scrooge, the Bill Murray uh-huh, yes. version of and then Christmas the night Carol before is the Seth the, Rogen, the, Anthony they're wearing, Mackie, they're wearing the Hanukkah, Joseph Hanukkah sweater, Christmas movie. Yes. Well, no, but he's wearing a Hanukkah sweater because he's Seth Rogen. Yes. Right, but it was a Hanukkah sweater. I'm thinking of the right movie. I believe they're wearing tipsy elf sweaters. Yes. Oh, tipsy elves! Like that was on Shark Tank. Yeah. Why are you making this a deal? I was just curious. I want to make sure I was thinking of the right Pick movies. The fucking movie. The night before. I, yeah, I know. Because I want to analyze it because, I honestly, I don't think I've ever heard a single fucking thing about it. Yeah, you're <laughs> like, right. It's just, it came out, I don't it could have came out a lot longer than what I'm remembering. I feel like it came out since Jillian was alive, and that's why we didn't see it. I think you're right. The night before it came out in, nope, it came out in 2015. We had every chance to go see this movie, and we just fucking didn't. Wow. So? You know? Let's see why. Let's find out. 
Um, so that's that's uh, the end of our year. Blood Money, The Grinch, The Brave Little Toaster Goes to Mars, Seven, The Night Before, our Christmas movie. Do you want to want to? We have we only have fifty minutes. Do you want to quickly pull up our Christmas list? Well, but they're our not. Movie list? But they're not separated by that, Chris. How do you expect me to do that? We I didn't add themes Can't or anything search? yet. Search for what? They're not all named something with Christmas. I don't think that they all have Christmas all right, in their title. All right, so we'll wait, we'll wait, wait. I will come prepared. We need to go and we need to see. I can look at, I can no, tell no, you no. everything here's, that has here's, Christmas. Here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do. Here's Christmas do. Story, Miracle Christmas no, Lake. Shut Twisted up. Christmas. Shut up. All right, you made your point. Shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. Mupper Christmas Carol, you I'm have gonna terrible I'm going to stab you in the cheek. What? We're going to wrap up the show, and then I'm going to go upstairs. I'm going to grab them all. And then we're going to record a little stinger after the episode of what we're actually picking. Okay? Okay. And then I will give you time because you need the time because you're a mental infant sometimes when it comes to making decisions about what your birthday movie is going to be. Okay? Cool? You're not talking to me? Perfect. Thank you for listening to this episode of Merry Moves. We encourage you, as always, go to arcadeaudio.net for this podcast and the others in our network of shows. Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Make sure you're going to patreon.com slash arcadeaudio for bonus content. Also on the Arcade Audio Network of Shows is the Blank Slate, where we have been featured over the past several episodes for our <sighs> special draft episodes, which hopefully another one's going to be coming out on the pike here very, very soon. Facebook.com slash Movies at MarriedWMovies on Twitter, MarriedMovies at gmail.com. Let us know what you think of the show. For me, at your host, Malt38 on Instagram. For you, at Jam with your Sam. And also for me, arcadeaudio.net slash podboggle for my retro wrestling diary. Or hopefully, if I finally get off my ass and type it up today, between tomorrow and Thursday, will be Slamboree 1997, a show headlined with three different football players. Anything else? Or are you not, still not talking to me because I called you a, a mental infant? What? <laughs> no. For mullet. This is Mullet. Signing out for this week's episode of Married with Movies. We'll catch you next time on our couch. Slash the movies. You think you're being funny. I am funny. You're just proving my point. I am funny. Truth and comedy. That makes no sense what you just said. What? Comedy and truth. What? No, it's not much, but it's the best I can do. My gift is my song, and this one's for you. And you can tell everybody this is your song. It may be quite simple, but now that it's done, I hope you don't mind, I hope you don't mind that I put down in Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at ArcadeAudio.net.